Pastor Nicole has given me an opportunity, and God has given me an assignment. And my assignment today is to <clears throat> let you know that there are times and seasons in your life. In fact, I'm just using one verse this morning because it's going to be easy for us to remember. It's Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 1, and it says this, There is a time for everything and a season to every activity under heaven. There's a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. One of the things that we don't realize is what season we are in. And you're going to hear this word used a lot this morning because it's that significant in our lives. Right now, everyone in this sanctuary, you are either coming out of a season, you are in a season, or you're getting ready to enter a new season. And if we don't understand this, it can bring a lot of frustration. It can bring discouragement, disappointment. Even if we're in a season of prosperity, it can put us in a place where we take things for granted. But seasons are important. All the way through Scripture, the, the, the Word of God gives us time after time after time. Adam had a time. Noah had a season. Abraham had a season. Job had a season. Esther had a time. Moving into the New Testament, the Apostle Paul had a Damascus Road experience. He had a time. And then he had a season as a missionary. The scripture is filled with people who've, who have experienced times and seasons. And I have a sense, as, I, as this message was placed into my heart, I have a sense that there are those in this room today who do not know what season you're in. And, and therefore, it has caused great consternation and it has caused a, a lot of indecision and has caused some things in your life because you just don't know what season you're in. So hopefully, we'll share some things with you. First of all, we will let you know that everything is a season. And then we're going to talk about the seasons of life, life seasons. And then we're going to identify some spiritual seasons that you may be going through. And we will finish it with the blessings of seasons. Why are seasons such a blessing? Now, unfortunately for us, God never tells us when that season will end. That's the catch. That's where the faith and the trust and the belief and the hope in God comes in because when we are in a season, he doesn't say, Don, this season will end in 60 days. And the reason he doesn't say that is because I would just sit back and twiddle my thumbs and wait 60 days and it's over. Because believe it or not, you and I play a part in when our season ends. There's responsibility and there's, there's accountability and there's things that you and I can do such as reading the word and staying in prayer and saying, God, I, I don't understand where I'm at, but I, I know this is a season, so what can I do in this season of time? 
The topography of our country has changed drastically in the way that we make a living. We began with the agricultural age. That's the age of hunting and gathering. The age of planting and the gathering of berries or food or whatever we need for sustenance in our life, that was the agricultural age. Then we moved into the industrial age. And probably in this age of time, there were more inventions than any other year preceding the industrial age. Machinery began to replace manual labor. You didn't have to milk the cows by hand anymore. You had machines to do that. You didn't have to walk the fields because there were corn pickers and combines and all of the farm implements that machinery began to replace manual labor in that industrial age. Then we moved into the information age. And along with the transistor and the computer and digital technology, we now have at our disposal, at the push of a button, we can find anything that we want about any event or any activity that we want, the digital age. But what has happened is that people along the way have had to reinvent themselves to accommodate a trend that they never chose. See, that's the thing about seasons. We don't get to choose them. It's the thing about seasons that, that we are constantly having to adapt and to adjust because we never know when that trend is going to change. Let me give you an example. My generation, we were told that if we went to school and we got good grades and we graduated and we went to college and we graduated, we would get a good job. That trend has changed. And what are we doing about it? Because now we have some of our young people coming out of college, and the only thing they have is a sixty or seventy or eighty thousand dollar debt. It's a trend. It's where we are, and and we're learning how to adjust to that. Because the thing that I went to college for that was my, I got my degree for, and it was my major and my second major, and, and now I'm coming out and I'm saying, welcome to Walmart. That wasn't what I went to college for. But even though our country's college indebtedness is over $1.2 trillion, still we have our young people having to adjust to a trend that they didn't get to choose. See, the only thing that we can depend on, the only constant in life is change. It's the only thing that you can depend on, the only constant in life is change. And I think I've said this before, but I want to say it again today. People will not change until the pain of remaining the same is greater than the pain of change. 
And some people have a very high tolerance for pain. I see a couple of hands lifted. Until the pain of remaining the same is greater than the pain of change, I will not change. So when we look at this and we see the seasons and the times, I think it's important that we need to understand everything is a season. You say, well, Pastor Don, this is a new concept to me. I haven't thought about it that way. Well, stay with me. Everything is a change. If you are going through a bad time, it will pass. If you're unemployed, that's a season. If you don't have any money, you are seasonally broke. But don't go down to the bank and cancel your checking account and tear up your checks and don't do that because it's a season. Another job will come along. You will be able to make more money. There will be opportunities. But right now, you're just seasonally broke. If you are in that younger generation and you feel like that nobody wants to marry you, that's the season. Take heart, because you will have a season where everybody wants to marry you. Yeah. <laughs> you got a smile on his face. <laughs> so there, there's hope for the future. You're in a season. And, and when we think of this and we understand that God has ordained the times and seasons, that God is in control. And it's important to, for us to know what season we are in. But here's the thing, and, and some of these things you may want to write down because not that I'm saying them, but they're very, very true and very, very important. Here's the thing. Never make a permanent decision in a temporary problem. And I won't even ask for a show of hands that how many of us have done that. Never make a permanent decision in a temporary problem. So when we think of seasons, not only the seasons of life, and I don't even have time to go into this, but there are leadership seasons. There are seasons of serving in the church. There are seasons of where you serve. But trust me, there are seasons of life that God has for us. So I want to look at these life seasons for a moment. <clears throat> and these are going to correlate with where we are in nature, so you will be able to catch this real, real easy. The first one season is what we call spring. Spring. That's a season in your life where between the ages of birth and <clears throat> perhaps mid to late 20s, give or take a decade. That's the time that you are exploring, you're growing, you're maturing, you're per, uh, pursuing an educational track, 
You are trying to discover yourself. You're developing formative experiences and relationships. That's spring. Fresh. New beginnings. Now you can associate this with, with either in the birth concept or as a new Christian. Because if you're a new believer, if you've come to follow Jesus in the last few days, weeks, or months, you're in your spring season, learning, growing, maturing, developing. And then at some point in your life, as we understand with nature, we now move to summer. We now migrate to a season where we begin to establish businesses, start families, develop a solid relationship. That summer season is intense. In fact, it is the most intense season of your life. And as you know, this summer I've heard so many people say, I don't know where the summer went. I, I can't believe it went so fast. Because summer is where we, all of the things that we have experienced and identified in our spring life season, we now begin to work it in our summer season. And so we just go, 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 go. And if your families, you know that it's not only vacations and graduations and weddings and you got soccer tournaments and softball tournaments and baseball tournaments and, it's, and, and camps and it's just summer is crazy. But it's a season. It's a season. And here's the thing that we have to caution ourselves. We must beware that we not become so attached to working and accumulating that we fail to let go of the season. And in the next few moments, some of the things I want to share with you I think you need to listen very, very close because I can identify with it and I think that you will too. Because now comes the next season, which is fall. There we go, fall leaves. Barbara and I, we were out the other day and we were at the peninsula and just there's something about the smell of the air. And the nights are getting a little cooler. And it's staying darker longer. And it's getting darker earlier. See, we don't have to be a rocket scientist to understand that fall is coming. And all of those things that we did in the spring, the planting, all of those things that we did in the summer, the mowing and the weeding and the trimming, all of those things, now it's time to cut them down, put them in a bag, toss them in the garbage. But we went through the spring, and we've been through the summer, and now we're into the fall season of life. And this is hard for some, because we do not want to admit that there are some things that we can't do as well as we used to. 
We fight against what our mind tells us and what our body dictates to us. And part of what Barbara and I have been doing for a number of years is when we meet with a group that we call our, our encore people, basically the boomer generation that have experienced the spring of life, they've experienced the summer of life and, and slowly transitioning into the fall of life, but have a lot of things in common. Our children are obviously graduated and out of high school, uh, college and and they're married, and now some of us who are in the grandparenting years. Some of us have been caregivers for our parents. Some of us, there's been a physical change in our lives. For some of us, we've experienced retirement, and what do we do, and how do we handle it? But I get this sense that there are people who are moving into the fall years of their life. Because the fall years is a time where the focus is less on doing and more on reaping the benefits that we've sowed in our summer years. But because of longevity, because that we live longer, it's hard for us to understand. And what, what I'm... I'm not fearful, but what I, I hope doesn't happen is that we come out of summer and we've skipped fall and we've moved right into winter. See, God has put a season there and it's there for a reason. See, here's the beauty about fall. Age will give you more gifts than your youth. Age will give you more gifts than your youth. You come to a time in your life, and we love our grandchildren, but we're at a time and place in our life that it's just good not to have to set the alarm on certain days. It's good that after a full day that I can come home and after we have supper and the dishes are done, and we hit the recliner and we hit the couch and the day's over. For us, that's fall. That is fall. And we don't feel guilty about it because we have had summer seasons. And some of the summer season is hanging on a little bit, but Barbara and I understand what summer season is all about especially in pastoring. It's go, 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 go. And we understand that. And though we're not out of ministry and we still love ministry, we love those evenings where we can just, my grandson calls it chillax. <laughs> you chill out and you relax. That is a fall season. But I sense, I don't have facts, I don't have written uh, admissions, but I sense that we're because of the longevity, we are hanging on longer to the summer season of our life. <clears throat> and my concern is that we will hang on to summer so long that we will skip fall and move right into winter. 
So what does that winter season look like? Well, they were very kind with this <laughs> picture. It must not be eerie. Winter is where you have had your spring and your summer and your fall. And now you come to the place in life where it seems as though it's right around the corner and the other part of the ministry that Barbara and I do here at the church is what we call legacy. And these are those people that will admit and will celebrate we will not allow them to complain in their winter years. We will not allow them to grumble in their winter years. We can get away with that because we have a relationship with them. And years ago, we had a lady setting it in our legacy lunch, and every time she came, it was grumble, 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 complain, complain, complain. And this one time, I went up and put my arm around her, and I said, if you don't stop, and we were, in, we were at the Old Country Buffet, I said, if you don't stop complaining, you have to go over in the corner and eat <laughs> by yourself. Because we don't allow complaining at this table. That's all it took. One of our greatest supporters and just changed 360 degrees. But with our legacies, these are people who have been through life. Some of them have been through literal hell. Some of them have lost most all of their family members. Many of them live alone. Physical difficulties. But we meet together once a month because we want to give hope and we want to help understand faith and we want to teach them that you don't stop now, you don't quit now, even though in winter years you don't give up because God still has something for you to do. And even if it is praying or making a phone call, there's still something for you to do. Because here's what happens when we get to the winter. We begin asking these questions, why me? Why me? It hadn't been that long ago that I didn't need a walker. It hasn't been that long ago when I could read the eye chart with no glasses. It hasn't been that long ago when I could sleep through the night. It hasn't been that long ago when things were different than they are now. So the question, God, is why me? Why am I so tired? I didn't used to be so tired. I used to could go, 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 10, 12, 14 hours a day. But now, why am I so tired? Why am I not as productive? It seems like that I get through the day and maybe I've only done one or two things. God, why? why? And then the inevitable question. Why am I old? You can't get away from it. I, I believe that age is a number. 
And the government and, and social society has trained us to believe this is how you act when you're 40, this is how you act when you're 60, this is how you act when you're 70, when you're 80, when you're... I believe we've been trained to do that. I have always said, God, give me the spirit of Caleb. Irregardless of the number on my birth certificate, give me that passion and compassion and desire to serve you until the last breath. See, there's a quote, and I was kind of partial to this guy, and his name's Bill Gaither. He said this, I thought getting older would take a lot longer than it did. <laughs> and some of you are sitting out there this morning saying, uh-huh, I get it. I thought getting older would take a lot longer than it did because it seems like that we only have to go back a few years to remember when we were in our 20s and our 30s and our 40s and then whoop, 72. I don't know what 72 means. It's over 70. It's under 80. But 72, and, and, and some of you, precious folk, you struggle with age. And, and I kind of smirk because I hear somebody saying, oh, I'm about to turn 50. <laughs> and I just kind of, to myself, I just kind of smile. You're about to turn 50. Next month, month, or next March, Barbara and I will be married for 50 years. Where did those years go? Or somebody will say, oh, I, I'm, I've got my heels dug in, and I'm just fighting this because I'm one year away from Social Security. Hey, take the check. Take the check. See, let me give you a newsflash. You've been paying that all of your life, and you don't want to take it. And then, God forbid, I hit 65 because, you know, those old people on 65, they go on Medicare. I got to tell you, friends, Medicare is the greatest thing that ever happened to us. <laughs> Even though the church was, was, was providing our insurance, we saved them almost $700 a month going on Medicare and got better coverage. When I had my hip surgery, didn't pay a dime. Never heard about a donut hole. And we've been at the doctors and, 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 and procedures enough to say that it's great. So I'm not crying about it. I don't want to be sick. I don't want surgery, but if I have to, I've been paying into it. I'm going to spend it. So see, that's the winter season. So you have spring, you have summer, you have fall, and you have winter. Now, if you haven't identified the season that you're in right now, and, and, and as with generational, there are some cuspers. There are some who are in the fall season, but they're still in that summer mode, and, and, and they still, God has gifted them with ability and strength and, and, and creativity to, to just be, you know, get after it. But I encourage you this morning, what season are you in? Unfortunately, there are people 
that are in the summer fall season of their life, but they're still trying to discover themselves that it never happened in the spring of their life. Still people out there in their 40s and 50s and 60s that don't know who they are. It just kinda, it's just kind of walking around, kind of robotic as well. I'll get up and I'll do this today and I'll do this tomorrow, but I don't know who I am and I don't know my purpose and I don't know my... God has a plan for our lives. He has a time for our lives. And maybe for some of you, it might be when Pastor Nicole said, hey, we need some people who will assist us in the nursery. It may be that God just said to you, now's your time. Now's your time. And it may be for a season. But let me finish with this. Even as there are life seasons, there are also spiritual seasons. I can't name them all, but I've just given you a few here to consider. First of all, the dry season. This is a time when God appears to be quiet, and you can't hear his voice or sense his presence like you once did. It's a dry season. And perhaps the enemy will tell you that God has left you, that he's forsaken you, that he doesn't care about you anymore. That's a lie. But you just don't, you, you just haven't heard from him or sensed his presence like you once did. And we call it, well, I'm just going through a dry spell. Psalm 37, 7 says, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. He hasn't left. He hasn't left. There are, there are times that I have went through dry seasons and then God has revealed to me and showed me why I'm in that dry season. But it's a season. The waiting season. God is pruning and planning to get you ready for the next level. It's a waiting season. Embrace it. Don't try to get out of it. Because God has a purpose and the pruning and the planning is all a part of your next level and your next season. Then there's the grinding season. Ah, that's kind of like summer. That's the busy season where we have to learn to prioritize and be careful that we burn out. Some of you right now, you're in the grinding season. Seems like it just doesn't end. Every day's a grind. I get up and I do do it and do it and do it. And I get up tomorrow and I do it all over again and again and again. It's a grinding season. Can I tell you there's only one you? There's only one you. Learn to take care of yourself. So, oh, but Pastor Don, I'm so busy taking care of my spouse and taking care of my children and taking care of my grandchildren. And, and then when it's all said and done... Who's going to take care of you? So I think it's important that we have a right and we should not, feel, should not feel as though that we are selfish when we learn to take care of ourself. Give ourselves some time. Give ourselves some fun. Give ourselves some activity that we enjoy. It's, it's, there's only one you. Then there's the test and trial seasons. Not a lot of fun, but there's a lot of purpose. I did a message one time on the uh, 
putting new wine in old wineskins. And I came across this. <clears throat> Do you realize that grapes are one of the fruit, few fruits that are raised to crush? Think about it. Grapes are one of the few fruits that are raised to crush. How else do you get wine or grape jelly or grape preserves? Grapes in and of themselves, you let them lay long enough, they may turn into raisins, but eventually they rot. They have to be crushed. They have to be pressed. If you will, they have to be stomped in order to produce the product that holds value. So when you're in that season of test and trials, remember the Apostle Paul, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that outweighs them all. And remember, just as the grape, we have to give up our first form to reach our final form. To be what God wants us to be, we have to be willing to go through the trial and the tribulation and the press and the stomping to get to the place that he says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Test and tribulations. Allow God to be God. The spiritual warfare season, we've experienced that. If you're being spiritually attacked, evidently you're doing something right and the devil doesn't like it. Finally, be, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God in Ephesians 6. Go there. Apply it. Work it. Claim it. Believe it. Because you may go through a spiritual warfare season. And these are not all of the seasons that I can identify, but for time's sake, I wanted to take you through this, that everything is a season, <clears throat> There are life seasons, and there are spiritual seasons. But I'm going to end with good news, because there are benefits of seasons, such as seasons always guarantee change. You never go through a season and come out on the other side the same as when you went in. Seasons always guarantee change. Seasons give hope. Some of these things we practice and don't even realize it. An example, summer's coming to a close. So are you going to take your swim trunks and your shorts and your tank tops and throw them away? <laughs> no. And why not? Because you know that fall is coming to an end. Winter is coming to an end. Spring is on the way. And summer will come when you can have your shorts and your trunks and your tank tops. And with every season, when winter is over, we don't take our snowblowers and our shovels and give them to a charitable group. We keep them because we know that after spring, 
and summer and fall comes winter. And it gives us hope to know that we can now handle that snow because we are prepared. Seasons give hope. And last, seasons are always temporary. So, oh, but Pastor Don, you don't realize how long. Yeah, I know. But in the light of eternity, it's temporary. No matter how long it may seem, it's temporary. So here's my last note for you today. Crisis is not a permanent condition. You say, but I'm, Pastor Don, I'm in a crisis. I'm experiencing a crisis. I'm in a season of crisis. Crisis is not a permanent condition. It is a human description. Because God has no crisis. God has no crisis. So it's a human description that we put on something that, that helps us to understand that, well, I guess this, no, it isn't permanent. Crisis is a human description, and God has no crisis. So that's why when we worship him and we sing to him, and that's why we read his word, and that's why that's the purpose of why we do those things, because when those seasons come, God will help us through, because they're only temporary. And you'll only be broke for so long. And you'll only be unmarried for so long. Amen. The key to life is outlasting the season. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you that you can remind us of seasons of life. We thank you, Father, that you remind us that they're only temporary, that they bring hope, that those seasons, no matter how difficult they are, they will come to an end. And Father, we thank you for reminding us this morning that with you, there is no crisis because you have all things under control. You see all things, know all things. You can do all things. So, Father, I pray for my friends today that whatever season they may be in, I pray that you give them your strength and you give them wisdom and give them hope that regardless of what it is, we are going to outlast our season. In your name we pray. Amen.